incredible or because uh, the, the path they took to get to that victory was just so ESPN, you know, highlight worthy. That event made national news um, through our media and, and through the Internet because several of the young ladies on that team, when they went to the White House, were wearing flip-flops. Of all the things to be worried about, uh, the nation was got, got all bent out of shape uh, because many of the young ladies were wearing flip-flops to that event. Distracting from their accomplishment, distracting from the honor and the opportunity they had at the White House. Uh, some very strongly vilified them for doing something that was deemed inappropriate. And at the moment of being honored and recognized for an accomplishment, many felt that they were disrespecting and dishonoring the place, the White House, and the person, the president, who was giving them that honor. So our nation went ballistic in 2005 over the NCAA women's lacrosse champions from Northwestern University because they wore flip-flops. But I don't know what you think about flip-flops. We may or may not address that in the rest of, you know, I think Paul maybe does, does, I don't know, to address it here in Colossians. We'll find out. But the nation recognized that some things were appropriate and were inappropriate. And we're going to pick up on this next piece of Paul's prayer that we walk worthy of the Lord. There's an appropriateness involved. So as the nation recognized the concept... Wearing flip-flops isn't wrong, but it maybe was wrong to some to wear them to the White House. Perhaps. The nation recognized the concept. There's there's something that is or isn't appropriate. So Paul is addressing in his prayer for the Colossian church, for us as believers today, some things are and aren't appropriate. We're going to look look at that a little bit today. So we're going to pick up at this part of the prayer. So as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. That's the section we're going to look at today. So as we continue working through that church, Paul's prayer for the church, that they would be mature, that they would grow as disciples, we come to the second of four things identified, that believers would walk worthy. Here's the whole section that we're looking at, Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 to 14, so follow with me there. So after his introduction, Paul says, So from the day we heard, this is verse 9, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, for all endurance and patience with joy giving thanks to the Father, who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. So in the first session last week, and then really culminating this morning in the first hour, um, David led us through the first of these four things, that we may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. And that really focused, it culminated this morning in the discussion on that starts with the foundation of God's Word. How we submit ourselves to it, how we invest that into our lives. We'll see that again later in the book of Colossians. But the foundation of the Word is critical for that, for our knowledge of His will. But there's the bridge from 9 to 10. It is all one prayer, one phrase really. But the bridge between the two concepts is a grammatical structure that expresses purpose. The truth of verse 9 is there to accomplish the purpose of verse 10. Asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will, this is verse 9, 
that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding, verse 10, for the purpose that you walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. So these four things in this prayer, four primary sections of this prayer, not just a checklist. Paul's praying, did I check this? You know, did we pray for the missionaries? Did we ask God for a good day? He's not just working down a checklist. But each of these elements is interrelated and interdependent of these four things. Here they are. Be filled with the knowledge of his will. Walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. Being strengthened with his power and giving thanks to the Father. Those are the four primary concepts Paul was praying for the Colossian church. That by application we look at that were Paul, that the apostles that are God's expectations on us as believers, as Liberty Hills Bible Church, as disciples. So as we reviewed this morning, David anchored us last week, we are filled as we submit ourselves to Scripture. As we read, meditate, memorize, apply it to our life, we are filled with the knowledge of God's will. We are filled for a purpose filled for the purpose that we walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, which is where we're going to focus on today. So just like many felt that the Northwestern women's lacrosse team did something that was not worthy of the event and the location and the purpose, we'll look at Colossians today and see Paul and see God's instruction of things or concepts, attitudes that may or may not be worthy as we represent the person of Christ. So here we are. So from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to, for the purpose of, our walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. We're going to see two things today. Paul will summarize this right here in verse 10. A worthy walk. He will summarize it for us in verse 10 but we're going to kind of project through the rest of the book and see Paul explain how to accomplish a walk that is worthy. We'll see the summary. We'll see his explanation and how to accomplish that. So the first thing, Paul will summarize what a worthy walk is right there in verse 10. To walk worthy is to conduct ourselves appropriately. To conduct ourselves appropriately of the Lord or for the Lord. Three things there in verse 10, that it is fully pleasing that we are bearing fruit, and that we are increasing in knowledge. That's the summary. Fully pleasing, bearing fruit, and increasing in knowledge. Paul summarizes a walk or a conduct that is appropriate with those three things. So we can evaluate ourselves in the context of Paul's prayer for the Colossians as we read. Fully pleasing means a total devotion to the desires and expectations of somebody else. Full or total devotion. We could also say that as being obsequious. That's a word we probably don't use every day, especially every day in a sentence. But I think we would recognize it when we saw it. Normally, in our culture, somebody that is obsequious is not normally a positive thing. We normally have some crude terminology for that. That is somebody that's trying to get ahead by gaining favor of whoever's in authority. In the classroom, it's kind of like who's the teacher's pet. Back in the day, it was always sharpening the pencils. I don't know that anybody sharpens pencils anymore. Okay, or, or, or way back, you know, banging erasers or whatever. Okay, somebody always volunteering to try to be noticed and to get ahead, always asking, "What can we do for you, teacher?" I hope some people today are being obsequious to their moms. Okay, what can we do to please moms today? To, at a layer of recognition, 
Okay, but Paul says that fully pleasing is obsequious. It is total devotion to the desires and expectations of another. Okay? Obsequious is being obedient or attentive to an excessive degree. So if we're going to be fully pleasing to the Lord, if that is one element of walking worthy, do we have total devotion to God's desires? Are we being excessively attentive to God? Walking worthy includes that. So Paul's prayer that our conduct is fully pleasing to the Lord. A characteristic of maturing disciples is a total or excessive devotion to God, what God wants, and attentiveness to that which pleases Him. The contrast to that is that we are totally devoted to that which pleases us. We're totally devoted to that which pleases anybody other than God. So Paul says that a characteristic of maturing disciples is a total or excessive devotion to that which pleases God. That is a piece of a walk that is fully pleasing to the Lord. The second thing, he says, not just fully pleasing, but bearing fruit. Okay, producing intended results. Okay, we're, we're seeing farmers, we're seeing people planting, even plants in their yard now, gardens, things like that are going. We expect results out of that planting. I'm looking forward to corn on the cob this summer and several things that I'm dependent on the farmers doing now. I'm expecting results. There are intended results for those labors, for the yard work that's been going in, things that are being planted so the yard looks nice, flowers come up, things like that. Okay, bearing fruit means we are producing intended results. And in the context here of Colossians, the intended result is every good work. So Paul's literal prayer is that in every work that is good, we are producing results. A characteristic of maturing disciples is a broad demonstration of that which is good in every area of life. That we are serving as examples of that which is biblical. The contrast, again, then, is when we provide the proverbial bad example. Okay, I'm not totally worthless. I could always serve as a bad example. Have we heard that? Cop out or excuse? Somebody needs to serve as the bad example. Might as well be me. That's the contrast to bearing fruit in every good work. The characteristic of a maturing disciple is a broad definition. Every good work. Not just some of them, not just the one I like, not, which, not just the ones that are convenient, but every good work. Serving as, as an example of that which is biblical. The third thing in the summary, we're fully pleasing, we're bearing fruit, we are increasing in knowledge. Continual growth. The subject here in verse 10 of our continued growth is knowledge of God. So Paul prays that our knowledge of God increases. Not that we, I got some knowledge, I'm good, let me move on with life, but that our knowledge increases. A characteristic of maturing disciples is a growing understanding and appreciation of the character, work, and purposes of God. The contrast is when our growth is stunted and we level off in our appreciation of who God is, what God has done, what God is doing, and what God will do. So as Paul summarizes what a worthy walk is, it is fully pleasing, total devotion to God, total devotion to that which pleases God. It is bearing fruit, it is producing intended results in every good work as an example of what is biblical. And our knowledge is increasing. It's not stagnating, it's not staying the same, but it is increasing. We don't choose to grow. 
even scripture points out, you know, can anybody just by thinking about it add, you know, 18 inches to their height? Or just by thinking about it, can we drop 20 pounds? If we could do that, that'd be incredible. But we can't. We can't just think, I'm going to grow now. Did you see that? No, we can't do that. Growing is something that happens to us. It's a natural result. Physically, it's a natural result of nutrition and lack of disease and and all of that. Growth happens to us. We don't just decide, today I will grow, but nah, today, no, I'm not really feeling it, so I won't today. By that example, by that... So we don't choose to make growth happen. Verse 9, we learn that being filled is a result of our submission to Scripture. Sorry, I know it's summer, basically... We're just about there, out of school, closing down, but I need to give a grammar lesson. So bear with me. There are two specific tenses of verbs that Paul uses in this prayer in Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 through about 14. Okay, there's passive verbs. Things that happen to us. Things that God is responsible for. Being filled in verse 9. Increasing in knowledge in verse 10. And being strengthened in verse 11. Those are things that happen to us as a result of something. They're not anything that we do. But then there's active verbs in the passage. That which we do, things that we are responsible for. Walking worthy in verse 10, bearing fruit in verse 10, and giving thanks in verse 12. Remember, these concepts in this prayer are interrelated and interdependent. So as disciples, we mature by being submissive to those things that are the passive verbs but by carrying out the things that are the active verbs, things that we are responsible for. In verse 10, bearing fruit, walking worthy. So in verse 10, Paul summarizes that a worthy walk is a way that we conduct ourselves in a manner appropriate. Okay, verse 10, walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. So Paul's summary of this prayer for maturity of the expectation of maturity is three things. A characteristic of maturing believers is that total or excessive devotion to that which pleases the Lord. Second, it's a characteristic of maturing disciples, that broad demonstration of that which is good or right or biblical in all things. And a third characteristic of maturing disciples is a growing understanding and appreciation of who God is, what He has done, what He is doing, and what He will do. We love summaries. They're great. But we don't have to stay in summaries. There's so much more. The beauty of God's Word is that we're not left hanging with a summary or a short bullet point list. So we can see by looking through the rest of the book of Colossians, and for us today, we have the rest of Scripture. Yes, but in Paul and those in Colossae at that time had one letter. So we can see, though, Paul expand that throughout the rest of the letter, and he'll describe how to accomplish a worthy walk. I hope you'll be able to write these down. Remember, we might be able to come back to them later, but I'm going to kind of read through these more of a bullet point list, just not to break out. Okay, great. We came here for verse 10, and we're going to go through the entire book of Colossians. Great. No, we won't do that. Okay, what we do, walking worthy in this context, in verse 10, what we do is based on the foundation of what we think, what we value, what we appreciate, what we prioritize. What we do, our actions, our walk, our conduct is always based on what we think, what we prioritize, what we value. So there's three things then that Paul says these will accomplish. These will help you, to direct you, to ensure that you accomplish a walk that is worthy. 
It's a biblical perspective of the personal work of Christ. We're going to look at that. But then it's also a biblical perspective of humanity in the world around us. And in the third perspective that helps us to ensure a walk that is worthy of the Lord is a biblical perspective of our relationships. And that's the rest of the book of Colossians. So kind of by overview, we'll walk through some of these things. A biblical perspective of the person and work of Christ. It's all through Scripture. But in the context of Colossians, we can see chapter 1, verses 13 to 29, really emphasize this. Christ's provision. And if you're in there, you can kind of follow these words here. Christ's provision is that we were, we are delivered from the rule of darkness. Where we are, we are transferred to his kingdom of light. Verse 13 and following. How this happened through redemption. We were purchased from slavery, our slavery to sin. Okay, forgiveness, the penalty of our sin is not applied to us. Okay, and we were reconciled. Our relationship to God has been restored. Okay, Christ provided those things for us. A proper perspective of this will help us walk worthy. A proper perspective of this will help us demonstrate that which pleases the Lord. So a biblical perspective of the person and work of Christ, that's what he provided, his provision. But we also see his position, and I'm just going to read through these, but you'll see these as you read through. And there's much more descriptive in the passage. Okay, But Christ is the image of God. He is superior to all creation. He is the creator of everything. He is the sustainer of everything. He is the head of the church. He is the firstborn, the priority in resurrection. Okay, he is the reconciler. He is the peacemaker. Christ is the hope of the glory to come. And we sang about that this morning. So how can we have a walk that is worthy? How can we conduct ourselves in a manner that is appropriate for the Lord? By having a proper perspective, a biblical perspective of the personal work of Christ. So remember, what we do is based on the foundation of what we think. So the second thing, a biblical perspective of humanity and the world around us. This is about about chapter 2. Picking up verse 8 and takes us through chapter 3 about verse 17. Yes, there is overlap and we see Christ all through the book. But Paul does kind of walk through these characters to teach the Colossians to teach us how we can have a walk that is worthy, how our conduct can be appropriate of the Lord. So this is another list I'm going to read. You can see the passage. I encourage you to do that. See it in context and see how they interrelate to each other and walk through there. But I'll read through this list of things that are, we've heard the term perhaps worldliness. That is the contrast to that which is worthy. And Paul gives us a description of this in Colossians chapter 2 and uh, chapter 3. So a biblical perspective of humanity in the world around us includes knowing about, understanding, identifying man-centered philosophy, foolish deception, man-centered tradition, anything which contradicts Christ. And these you can find if you just pick up in chapter 2, verse 8, and keep reading. Man-centered preferences. Sometimes our do's and don'ts are based on preference. What I like, therefore everybody else should like. What I don't like, nobody else should like either. And that's where we, we, we base that off of. Immorality, bypassing God's intentions for sexuality. Impurity, uncontrollable sinful desires, greed, anger, rage, or anger that is actually acted on, hate, slander, or lies against somebody's character, obscene speech, and lying. Paul says this is worldliness. This is that which is not, by contrast, comparisons and contrasts help us understand. Paul says this is what is not worthy, what is not appropriate conduct for somebody representing Christ. So the third thing of what we do is based on the foundation of what we think. 
what we value, what we appreciate, or what we prioritize. Okay, we can accomplish a walk that is worthy. A, we can have conduct that is appropriate of the Lord when we have a biblical perspective of relationships. This is Colossians chapter 3, 18 through about 4, verse 5 or so. Again, there's overlap, and we can see these chase these threads all the way through. But by, by universal or overarching sections, we can see these things. And Paul's not just giving a summary in his prayer in verse, chapter 1, verse 10, but he then gives fuller teaching that we can follow. So a biblical description of mature relationships, conduct within relationships that is worthy or appropriate of the Lord. Wives that are in submission to God's authority structure. Husbands that demonstrate selfless, sacrificial love to their wives. Children in obedience to their parents. Fathers not instilling resentment in their children. Slaves that are obedient to their masters. Masters caring for slaves, not as property, but with justice and fairness. Devotion to God through grateful prayer and wise interactions with non-disciples, with those that were outside the church. So Paul says our conduct can be appropriate when we understand, when we have a biblical perspective of relationships. Because we all have relationships at some level or not. We have interactions with people. So if what we do is based on the foundation of what we think, Paul describes that a walk that is worthy or conduct that is appropriate is accomplished through those three things. The three biblical perspectives of the person and work of Christ, of the world, humanity around us, which contradicts Christ, and proper relationships with those around us at fam- as families, at school, at work, in the community, wherever we are. Paul says this is how a walk that is worthy or conduct that is appropriate is accomplished. So we're given a summary in verse 10 but he gives us much deeper training through the rest of his letter. So Paul's prayer is that maturing disciples walk worthy of the Lord, that their conduct is appropriate, and it is appropriate in light of who we are and our position under Christ or in Christ. Okay. Last week we learned from verse 9 six things that are explicit that are God's will for us. Our salvation, our filling with the Spirit, our striving for sanctification, our submission to government, our suffering, and our rejoicing. Here in verse 10, we move to the next phrase of that prayer, that we walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing, bearing fruit, and increasing in knowledge. That requires a biblical perspective of the person and work of Christ, biblical perspective of the world around us, and biblical perspective of our relationships. So we may not have answered the question of whether or not flip-flops are or aren't appropriate, I skimmed it. Maybe if you actually read it, it's there, but I just kind of read through bullet point lists. So maybe flip-flops are or aren't appropriate for, for, for a reception at the White House. But we have other examples that help us wrap our head around that. Um, one, there, there's two that, that are several in our church um, have even are experiencing or, or have experienced recently. Um, this evening, uh, Mariana is going to graduate from high school. So as a high school graduate, there will be things that she's expected to walk worthy of being a high school graduate. She needs to now prepare for college, for work, and life moving forward. But if after the ceremony this evening, she kind of takes a week off and just rests, and then the following week calls back to Liberty High School and says, all right, what classes am I in next year? What books do I need to get? What activities can I sign up for? You say, wait a minute, that is conduct that is not appropriate for a high school graduate, if she were to do that. Conduct appropriate for a high school graduate is preparing for life and work and college and whatever the next step is. Uh, Several, and and Andy kind of referenced it, um, 
several went and celebrated Ben and Holly Robbins' wedding last weekend. May is a time for graduations. May is a time for weddings also. So conduct that is appropriate, walking worthy for brides and grooms is putting off, and this is a chapter 3, Colossians chapter 3 thing, like 8, 9, and 10, putting off singleness and putting on unity and a life together. So conduct that is not appropriate for a new groom is to go off and do his own thing. Conduct that is appropriate for a groom is to focus on his wife and building that marriage and that life together. So graduates, brides, and grooms, recent examples, are to walk worthy of their positions. They are to conduct themselves in an appropriate manner. Believer, those of us that are disciples of Christ, Paul's prayer for the church of Colossae in chapter 1, verse 10, 9 and 10 following, but Christ's intention for us as believers following him is to walk worthy, to be maturing in a conduct that is appropriate for the work Christ has done in our life. We need, I want to encourage you to read through the book, sincerely evaluate God and ask God, God, this is my desire, and I would, if, that's, if that's a sincere prayer, but then ask him to identify things in our lives. Conduct or perspectives that lead to conduct that are inconsistent, that are not appropriate. So spiritually, we're not wearing flip-flops to the White House, but we are conducting ourselves in a way that is appropriate. So I'm going to reflect on that. I'm going to ask the team to come back up, and we're going to close with a song that they've led us through, I Surrender. And in the context of Paul's teaching, his prayer in Colossians 1, 9, 10, 11, and 12, but with the things that we've evaluated and looked through very briefly through the rest of Colossians 2, 3, and a little bit of 4, reflect on the song, and at the end of the song, I'll come back and I'll close in prayer, and we'll say, God, we identify things that, for those of us that are disciples, can identify areas in our life and take courage and, and be, be encouraged when we are doing that, having conduct that is appropriate. But then also take instruction in areas that may need to be adjusted, perspectives, things that we may need to think differently about in order to have a life, a conduct that is appropriate of the Lord. So the team will lead us in that song, pray this together, and then I'll come up and close and we'll dismiss. Savior, I owe everything to. Take all the treasures that lie in my storehouse. They cannot follow when I enter your house. So I surrender all to
that is holy and sanctified through you. on the welcome table that summarize this prayer. If you want to take one, maybe use it as a bookmark, or I'll put it in a place as a reminder of what we're working through in Paul's prayer, Scripture's expectation and instruction for maturing disciples. Father, we are grateful for your word, and uh, ask that you'd give us humble hearts to respond to it and submit ourselves to it as the foundation for all that we are and all that we would do. We thank you for Paul's prayer recorded for us in Colossians, uh, for his instruction through the rest of the book, and ask that you be glorified as we study, as we read, as we submit and meditate, um, that our lives would reflect uh, the personal work of Christ and the change that has happened in us um, as we place our faith and trust in him. So, Lord, we lay today and this week before you, asking that you be glorified uh, by what we do, that we'd be strengthened um, as you work. And that things in our life and in our extended families, um, we have great concerns that you would show yourself very strong even this week and the days ahead for your glory and your honor, we pray. In Christ's name, amen.